the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. I'm your host, Heather Mosier, husband, Donnie. I'm here. Is here in studio with us today. We appreciate you listening. You're listening to us from either KPRC AM 950 Sundays at 1 or on the iHeart platform. All of our past episodes are there. You can download and follow us. Who pays for this? Matthews Hope Foundation. Yeah, we're, spon- we're sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. They also fund a very awesome detox and aftercare recovery program that's inside St. Joe's downtown. It's 10 to 14 days detox, including ISS, microcurrent neurofeedback, plus two years of free recovery support and free. aftercare. Wow. It's included with the detox. You never get charged again for those two years. And so all they have to do is burn their life to the ground, <laughs> become addicted to a substance, and then they can go in there for 10 days and be your friend, hey, and they'll get to years. like interact and with you for two years after that. They don't that. even have to fully burn their life to the ground, right? Some people what? are high bottom like you. Well, that's true. That's true. I didn't need a de- Well, I probably needed a detox, but I didn't do it. I did it on a couch. But the point is, if you or a loved one is interested in the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program, give us a call at 844-263-4673. All right. And also, we were, it was suggested, so Heather is going to be putting together a Facebook for this uh, show. Yeah, and, like this week. I'll do that this week. Yeah, it was suggested we should have that. And I, did an, I put together an Instagram. I'm building it now, so don't judge me. Give me a few days. No, please judge him. I, I encourage you to look up Relevant Recovery Radio on Instagram and then just comment. If you do that on Instagram, I don't even know. But yeah. comment on what a horrible job Donnie has done on the Relevant Recovery Radio Instagram. He would I'm love not, to see your comments. I'm not a, I'm not a social media guy. Like I gave that up years ago, and I'm almost like begrudgingly going back and doing this now. Are you posting some of our like favorite topics, past episodes that we've done? I'm posting a lot. A I'm lot. posting a lot. So I'm up to like uh, November, December at this point. So I'm sort of going back and pulling pictures and this and that. So there is a lot of stuff, and, and I will try and currently post uh, little videos and pictures Just of us doing the show. Just to make it easier for people or... to share uh, our show with their loved ones. Also, yeah. if you have any comments about our show, questions or comments or feedback, or you want to be a guest, or you have an idea for a topic, you can, you can contact us now through Relevant Recovery Radio on Instagram. And at some point, we'll probably put up a vote on who you'd rather have the host be, because I know I've gotten a lot of emails and calls that <laughs> You've uh, gotten none. the public wants me to be the host <laughs> of the show. I'm just saying this. Um, Listen, Donnie, just keep riding my coattails. God will be good to you. I promise. Right, I will continue that. <clears throat> so today, on today's show, we are going to discuss unmanageability, what? which is also known as spiritual malady, or AKA for those 12-steppers out there, bedevilments. We're going to identify what is unmanageability, why it's problematic, and what's the fix. Interesting. So unmanageability, like the rest of the world that's not in the 12 steps probably Mm -hmm. has heard the word unmanageable, of course. When they talk about their children. (laughs) Right? Blessing, burden, I don't know. They're just unmanageable. (laughs) Remember when we were at church and they were like, uh, what did they say? He said, what what do you think about infants? Well, I don't like them. He said, they were talking about baptism. (laughs) 
And that guy, he was like, what do you think about infants? He goes, yeah, I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're talking about unmanageability, which is the same thing as spiritual malady. Malady just means illness. So spiritual sickness, spiritual illness, but it's also known in the 12-step world as the bedevilment. So that would be page 52 from the big book. Um, But most people don't really know what it is. Uh, or how to identify it, or why it's problematic, mm-hmm. or what the solution is to it. So that's kind of the scope of what we're going to try to cover today, to the best of our ability. Two idiots in a microphone, as you always say. But yeah, yeah. I didn't know that I had, when I was newly getting sober, and someone was taking me through the work, and part of step one was admitting the, that my life's unmanageable. The second half of step one, which nobody ever addresses. Nobody ever addresses. The first half, of course, about being powerless or not over a substance, and that's the allergy and the obsession. I had both. I'm like, yep. yeah, the I'm first, sold. first half of the illness. Yeah. And then the second part was like, okay, also, you suck at managing your own life. Yep. And yep. I'm like... Well, yeah, because I've been on drugs and I got arrested and blah, blah, blah. As soon as I quit drinking, we're going to be good. And so my sponsor, she was fantastic. She was like, no, no, no. Unmanageability is during periods of sobriety as well. Of course, your life's unmanageable when you're drunk or high. Um, But we're actually going to try to dive into sober Heather. What did she look like? How did she function in the world? What were some facets? She said, basically, I want you to list every facet of your life. And so I was like, well, what does that even mean? And she said, I want you to list internals and externals. And, and we're So there's like two categories, Two categories right? of things that are internal or so, external. So what's an internal, uh, by, your, by your definition, what's an internal unmanageability? Depression was for sure one of mine, mm-hmm. right? I believed that I struggled with uh, depression okay. for most of my uh, adolescent and adult life. Now, from age 18 to almost 30, like I was sober. I wasn't abusing drugs or alcohol during that time. I was just a stay-at-home mom with my children and didn't have a whole lot of friends, wasn't happy in my marriages, plural, <laughs> right? right, right. Um, but uh, I'd take my kids to church and all that. But I just felt like, like what was reality for me was I was plagued with this internal conflict of depression where I was just never fully really happy. So depression is something that went on my unmanageability list. In other words, I didn't know how to make it not be. I didn't know how to fix the way that I felt. What was something on your list? Anger. Anger, yeah. Oh, anger, resentment, right? Um, there's times when you will say something to me and I have an automatic anger response defense. I, I saw that when we were first dating and, and the way you drove. Mm. You had a very anger response. <laughs> We've covered this and I tried to explain to you that the world was actually out against me. Mm. There was a forum. No. Of people that were okay, talking. So, so anyways, anger and resentment was one of your unmanageabilities. Anxiety, worry, fear. So that was another huge one of mine. I believed I had crippling anxiety or uh, social anxiety uh, for most but of my life. What was it really? What do you mean? What self was, I was obsessed obsession. with myself. Uh, but that was another thing. It was I was full of self pity too. Yeah. Um, looking back at this chunk of time, whether I was sober or not, but particularly when I was sober before the the 12 steps, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I was full of this unmanageability. In other words, I was really struggling to manage all other facets of my life, not just drugs and alcohol. Because when I was newly getting sober, I thought, okay, I just need to work these steps and for God to keep me sober, then the rest of my life will just fall in order. Right. But what the steps helped me see is I had all this unmanageability and I I needed God's help in every facet of my life, not just drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to dig into more of Heather's unmanageabilities. Now, listen, <laughs> I don't know if this show is long enough to cover them all. <laughs> 
But we're going to just do the best that we can <laughs> and try and just really tear Heather down and get into these unmanageabilities. Cool. Okay, yeah. let's, we'll let's, be right take, back. let's take a quick break. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. I think we should call it R3. 3R? Yeah, R3. R3, R to the third. Third power. Relevant Recovery Radio. (laughs) We're talking about unmanageability today, and we were talking about internal unmanageability. Yeah, we were talking about all of, really, Heather's anger and depression (laughs) and her resentment, her anxiety, worry, fear, her self-pity. My whole um, life was consumed with things internally like that. Um, well, we, we've talked about it on the fishing trip. Yeah. That, that I remember you talking about, now, in your young adulthood, how you felt like kind of the world was against you, nothing went your way. But when we talked when we were fishing, you had a storybook childhood. You had a father that took you fishing, bought motorcycles, did all these things. And so that's the deal with self-pity is that I'll be in a great place in life, but all I can see, I may have a hundred positive things. I can only see the five negative and I focus on it. It's about a broken perception though, right? Like like it's about a broken perception of self and the world around you. Yeah. It's unmanageable stuff. And so then there's some external unmanageabilities. But but what I want to say about the internal, just Um, to wrap it up is that, so what we're talking about here is these internal feelings, these Feelings that feelings. I can't change. I want them to. You want to change. But the reason we call it unmanageable is because if I have an anger problem and I could just switch that off anytime I want, guess who would not have an anger problem? You. Correct. <laughs> and if I just uh, wanted to switch off my social anxiety and just be a exter- you know, what's it called, extrovert, you know, yeah. social butterfly, I would flip that switch. Right, right. But instead, I'm going to sit at home and think you hate me. <laughs> Right, because I'm right. obsessed with self. I'm going to wonder why you won't go out with me while you're at home <laughs> on the couch quietly huddling in your safe space. So when space. we talk about internal unmanageability, it's it's really like uh, feelings, emotions, attitudes mm-hmm. that guide your life that are not positive and, and you can't seem to just turn it off. So what do we mean then by external? So I love the external my, because... My skin? My skin is unmanageable? <laughs> well, maybe. My hair? Uh, not necessarily. So external unmanageability is things that happen outside of you or around you. Um, one particular one would be like procrastination or bad time management. People that are Ooh. people that are never punctual. People that are always late to things. People that are always, you know... Shout out to Sergio. <laughs> He told me this weekend when the party started at seven. He said, and he showed me. He goes, "You got to tell me at six. You got to tell me an hour early." <laughs> I love that dude. He really is like one of my faves. But that is an unmanageable thing. Someone yeah. who's always, I'm not saying you're late one time. I'm saying it's a recurring pattern where you're not punctual. Okay, that's poor time management. That is an unmanageability. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one that was really prevalent among women is like not having a clean home. When I got together with you, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you're gonna tell that story, huh? Well, I'm, no, no. All I'm gonna say is that like there was a point in time when you thought that you used to keep a clean house uh, before you went out and burned your life to the ground. Yeah. Back when you were a housekeeper, a uh-huh. stay-at-home mom, and your sister was the one who was like, "Oh no, oh no, you weren't. Oh no, girl. we used to always come over and clean your house for you. It was awful." Right, and I don't, I don't. My perception was broken. That's my right. point. Is I didn't remember my life that way. Um, but when we moved into our home, the one before we have now, it was the first time I had a home again since I was on drugs, mm-hmm. right? And so, right. Other than that, I lived in sober living and stuff. But um, it was the first time that 
all the house's responsibilities were on me, and I literally had to Google like a like a sheet, like a poster of how to clean your home. Like like these are the days of the week you should clean these areas. Like how often do you do this? Do you do the baseboards first? I learned top to bottom and, and what did you do last. subsequent? You learned what did you do instead? I, I got a maid. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is now it's managed well. Because <laughs> you and I unmanageability solved. Hire, hire a somebody maid. to do it for you. No, no. Now listen, I don't want everybody out there thinking that you are just this lazy person. Like, I'm not. You can't go to bed at night until the counters are clean, the dishes are in the dishwasher. Laundry basket gets full, you'll get it done. So here's some of my old life. I always, I like to be specific with unmanageability, like not just say a dirty house. Like what I'm saying specifically is people that leave dishes in the sink for days on end Mm -hmm. and it starts to smell up your, or someone who will dry clothes, but never put them up. And then they have like that chair in their room full of clean, pile. Yeah. Full of clean clothes, covered in wrinkles because they never put it up. Those things are unmanageable. In other words, I I need help to manage this. This isn't going well. What are some other external unmanageabilities? Well, for you, money, for sure. I don't... Here's the thing. I manage the outflow of money very well. No. Yeah, I just don't manage holding on to it. No. Yeah. So finances is a huge unmanageability yeah, for most people. It and it comes across in lots of forms. This is why I like to be specific. P- for some, me, I love to spend. You like to spend. Yes. You'll finance things. You like the toys. Yeah. You like, you know, for some people, they're obsessed with stacking money in a savings account. We have a very close friend who is absolutely, and he's admitted to me, he is a miser. And I have another friend that's obsessed with lottery tickets, right? Really? There's, there's all sorts of different ways that finances or money can be unmanageable for somebody. How about diet and nutrition? That's huge That's in this a society, big one, right? right? People are not uh, pe- people are living in self. They're not having the forethought to think, should I eat this? Should I not eat this? Or they go above and beyond and they're like they're absorbed in macros and all these special, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they especially they go crazy with it and it becomes where it takes over their life. It becomes unmanageable. So you can see someone maybe that has unmanageability as far as overeating and their health is poor and they never exercise. But in the same idea, if a man is a, or a woman is ignoring their family and, and their friends because they're living at the gym because they want to have 1% yeah. body, that's unmanageable too. Right, because it becomes more important than everything else. Right. Um, and so it comes across in all facets. And so that can be an unmanageable thing. What about sexual conduct? Wow. So <laughs> that's a touchy subject, right? I mean, it's it a, is. it's a touchy subject in society, but it's real touchy in the 12 step world as well, because it's a prevalent issue for most drug addicts and alcoholics. And I don't think we are that much different than the rest of the world. But I'll just, you know, use the, that caveat. Most drug addicts and alcoholics have sex conduct issues. Why? Yeah. Because we seek validation from others. Yeah. And so some ways that... It's also a way to change the way we feel. Change the way that you feel. You can feel yeah. like you're valuable or you're desired or you're wanted and by seeking validation. So it comes out in a lot of different ways. Which, by the way, almost all of the externals fulfill that comfort goal. In, yeah, yeah, for sure. In some way or another. They make a comfort 
area for me. And so I'll say that some different ways that sexual conduct can be unmanageable. One way would be, you know, having lots of sexual partners, right? Like, yeah. it, it, <laughs> um, like how many? Oh, I'm not going to do that. Like Twelve. You need to stop. Thirteen. Um, but what I'm saying is, some people go that avenue. It doesn't even have to be that. For a lot of women, particularly, I see tons of selfies. They got to post like two or three pictures of themselves every other day to fish for gym, compliments. Gym photos, bikini photos. But here's what it is. It's truly a source of insecurity that I need to post a photo so that you'll like and comment and tell me how beautiful or how cute I am. Mm. And so that is a form of sexual conduct that's unmanageable. How and do you it see it in men? Oh, it's the same stuff, right? It's the gym photo. It's the manly photo with their possessions, right? Them with a gun or a truck or whatever. It's all about look at me. Yeah admire me and it goes back to what you and i discussed a week or so ago counterfeit it's all counterfeit because even if i do post that selfie and i get validation it's counterfeit it doesn't mean anything it's a band-aid on the real problem it's a human validation and human validation means nothing yeah um and the world is stuck in this counterfeit validation so so to wrap up just these externals, we've got things like procrastination and finance. You can't seem to keep your, your checkbook balanced. A dirty or, house or poor diet and nutrition or too obsessed with your diet or nutrition and, and, and for sexual me, conduct. For me, unmanageability, you mentioned it earlier, was road rage, the way I drove. Yeah. Right? And so these are things that, again, if I could just flip a switch and change them, I would. When I got sober, I was beat down so bad in drinking that when I came in and they said, hey, go do this and God's going to help you, I just said, okay, because I was just beat down. And so therefore I was willing to surrender so that God could help me. But it's weird when it comes to these unmanageabilities, I will spin my wheels and try every bit of human power I have to fix them. I think, uh, yes, hopefully when someone is real receptive to help, it's because they've already spun their wheels a whole lot trying to fix these things on their own or Mm -hmm. with different methods and it's failed them and then mm-hmm. they're more receptive to the 12-step way uh, of the fix that we'll get but, to later. But if you think about it though, how often do you hit these unmanageabilities in sobriety and it's just a real problem that we just can't get the human idea out, yeah. right? Yeah, because society teaches us, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You can do yeah, this. You can do this. <laughs> uh, let's take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio. We'll be right back and we won't procrastinate. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back to R3, R to the third. Oh my God. Welcome to Relevant Recovery Radio. Try R. Uh, we're sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Yes, two idiots on a microphone. Can you stop? Um, if you are curious about the Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program, visit our website, matthewshope.org, or give us a call, 844-263-4673. And don't forget, uh, if you're on iHeartRadio, you can also pick us up in the H on KPRC AM 950 on Sundays at 1 o'clock. And I'm building this Instagram thing. I'm not a social media guy, but I'm going to do my best to build this Instagram thing. And it's uh, at Relevant Recovery Radio on Instagram. We'll post little uh, pictures of us at our guests or Will the producer or whatever we have going on uh, for each show. And I want to thank our listeners. Uh, Y'all are so important to us. Uh, I think that it's so cool that we get to do this and hopefully we get to help a person. 
Yeah, I'm, and I have to question them, too, because they're supporting two idiots on microphones. <laughs> I like, don't think we're idiots. I think God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Uh, my friend. Ooh, you've been waiting to say I that. Bet my friend uh, shared that with me in our my small group at church, and I just I loved that because God is equipping us for all sorts of things that we get to do in life today. And, uh, and as this show has, uh, evidently, the ratings have gotten a little bit better. Remember the first thing that we talked about was how do we not get involved and screw this up and just keep just having fun. Just let God be God. So we're talking about unmanageabilities yes. today. And so we're wrapping up external. And external is basically how do I show up at work? How do I show up as a husband? How am I showing up in life? How am I? How is my life being managed? Because in our literature, it says in the second step that lack of power is, is my dilemma. dilemma. And for a long time, I was an idiot who thought, okay, cool, that was when I was drinking. Yeah. Now no. that I'm sober, I got power. I'm right. good. I can do all Not of this. True. And it took a long time in a sobriety to realize that I have just as much a lack of human power today as I had when I got that sober. That was epiphany for me is when I realized that when the literature speaks of unmanageability or spiritual malady, that Heather will never have the power. Not not for the rest of my life. That right. I desperately need a power greater than myself to, to manage my life life well all facets facets of my life not just drugs and alcohol i think obviously when we were finishing up the external drugs and alcohol obviously go on that list for me and you well, yeah i could not manage that. i cannot do just a little cocaine about it i have to do a lot <laughs> but i just remember having this epiphany that I'll, heather will never manage her life well and not sober not unsober that i need god's power in every facet of my life and that's something that my sponsor really helped me see because i didn't understand that I had any unmanageability. I just yeah. thought I needed to get heroin out of my life and everything else would be great. But what she helped me see is even before heroin, even before drugs, when I was sober, I was plagued with all these internal and external unmanageabilities that just got worse when I wasn't sober. Yeah. Um, and that's really fact, the deal. In fact, the drugs and alcohol covered up those feelings that's for what I was a bit. Say. That's, that's really the deal is I've got the same unmanageabilities when I'm out drinking and drugging. The, the thing is that the, the drugs and alcohol will sort of cover all that up. It's and a solution to and, the unmanageability yeah. for a little bit. And then when we're looking in context of why we call these the bedevilments, I don't know, but page 52 does, but it has a series of questions in the middle of that page about, are you having trouble with personal relationships? If you are, you have unmanageability. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you have trouble controlling your emotions, your emotional nature? If so, you have unmanageability. Do you have a trouble making a living, and that's that's living your life or going to work. You yeah, know? A thriving versus just just existing, surviving right? and not thriving. not surviving, but thriving. That's right. But okay, that, so if I have these unmanageabilities, mm-hmm. like what's the big deal? So if I have a finance or a dirty house procrastination, or I have some depression, mm-hmm. what's the big deal? Why are they problematic? So they because they first of all they cause harm to self and to others to around you. And so I'll just tackle on sex conduct first, and then you can take on finance and give your example. But uh, in my mind. When I have my sex conduct is unmanageable, then I'm doing things that actually cause harm to myself and others around me Mm -hmm. um, that I'm going to pay a spiritual price if I continue to behave that way. And I don't recognize it. I just think, hey, the attention feels good. Because in our literature, it's real specific, and I think a lot of people miss this. When we talk about this in meetings, we talk about this with other people, they always think that sex conduct is a moral question, right? Is it morally right? Is it morally wrong? Do I have to be married to have sex? Do I have to have one partner? And what we say- The 12 steps don't get into it. And and the book doesn't. The book asks one simple question. What is that question? 
Well, they word is four things, selfish. selfish or not. They'll say if you're using sex lightly or selfishly or despising or loathing it, then you're not in God's will for you. Correct. And so and it's so about being selfish. Things. And so along the lines of what you're saying, the harm you can cause. It's, it's due about to selfishness. Being, that's right. It's the same with your money, right? You're spending no, money. Yeah. I'm spending money to make your life better. No, I don't care about having bushes in the backyard, bro. Like, <laughs> Listen, this is your selfishness. I'm trying to build a zen environment <laughs> in my backyard. Don't go outside. It's for you. That's the weirdest thing, too. I love air conditioning. I used to live in a storage unit. I've been homeless, Donald. And so I don't think you understand how much I appreciate air conditioning. I'm grateful. That's why I'm inside. I basically told her that when we redo the backyard, I'm going to do a giant screened-in area just for her so that she will be... Again, selfish. <laughs> well, I mean, and when it comes to finances, I mean, that's it's sort of a simple one. The reason it was externally unmanageable for me is because I was very... What do you call it when you just make a decision... Spontaneous? Spontaneous. Impulsive. You're impulsive. There there you go. I'm impulsive. You are. When I go out of my house to go look at something... You you buy it. You bring it home. And I I can't have that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because on the other side of it... So let's talk about that for a minute. Oh, we're going to hit that. So on one side of the fence, I'm impulsive... I will just go buy something without thinking about it. I won't really like, hey, let's go and wait a little bit and save some cash. No. Nope. And on the flip side, uh, what makes it unmanageable for me is my black and white thinking that I have to match this budget perfectly, and we can't skew from the plan. And don't you? We can't. You can't live your life until all the debt is paid, and you can't. And like, so either yeah. either source, I would say we have that so- friend who literally is kind of forsaking his family a bit, working crazy, crazy amounts of hours to keep stacking cash in the bank. So on one hand, he's building this enormous amount of money in the bank, but on the other hand, he's not spending any time with his family. And we know lots of people, that's where workaholics, it is a character defect, it is an unmanageability. Yeah. You're forsaking the gifts of family and relations and, and leisure and rest that God's trying to give you. Absolutely. And instead, you're focused on money instead. And so I keep making these mistakes, and then the guilt and the frustration builds up. And it makes me uncomfortable. So that guess what it makes me do? Go drink. Or keep doing the same stuff over and over. And that was me. So like when it comes to sex conduct and when I would misbehave and then the shame or the guilt or why did I do that? It wasn't worth it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, um, you just you end up wearing labels that that's just who you are. Right. 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 And you don't really have an identity in God anymore. I have an identity in my behaviors. And so then I don't know who I am anymore. So what do I have left to do? Ah, Seek more validation from others. The counterfeit versus the not the counterfeit. The counterfeit versus the... Uh, when I look at my identity, my identity is not a husband, father, employee, 12-step member, church member. That's really not my no. identity. That's what I'm starting Those to figure out. Those are external labels. But I always thought they were. When I was a workaholic, my identity was the employee, right? And and when I'm worried about finances, when I'm, I get my identity from that. And basically what I'm doing is I'm giving more attention to these external things than I am to God. When I was in treatment the last time that I had been there twice and I had the same counselor. And I remember I, at the time I didn't really value what she was talking to me about. Um, but she asked me a question in 2016 that has stuck with me and she I didn't get it at the time but she said who is Heather and we were alone and she said who is Heather if you you, I need you to tell me who Heather is and I'm like okay um Heather's a wife Heather's a mom Heather and she's like no 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 
who is Heather? Those are just the labels. Yeah. And I'm like, um, so I thought maybe she means like my personality. So I'm like, well, Heather likes metal music and mosh pits and, and you know, death metal. She's like, no, 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 no. Those are labels. Who is Heather? At the time, I had no clue what she meant. I basically said, I don't know. I don't know what answer you're looking for. We're done. <laughs> right. And it was, But who would you say who is Heather today? It was years later when I finally did have an identity in God. You are Heather, right? I, I still am Heather, okay. to the best of my knowledge. Um, okay. Uh, I got but, worried. <laughs> but what I mean is now I have an identity in God. I think so many people in this world are trying to, quote, find themselves or find their roots or find their meaning or find their purpose, right? And it's such self-obsession. And it's counterintuitive. And it's counterintuitive because it leads you to unhappiness. And so my point is, is once I went, I had a really great sponsor that really made me do some research on who God says I am, mm -hmm. according to the God of my understanding. Yeah. And so I went down that rabbit hole and I found out that I'm the daughter of a king, that I'm saved, that I'm redeemed, that I'm more precious than rubies. I found out all these characteristics of who God says I am, not who I say I am. And that is the deal, right? So it's counter because we are uh, this what we're part of this self-indulgence society now yeah. who's all about selfies and self-love and self 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 until you want to throw up yeah so it's counter for me to say that today my identity is a child of God yeah whose purpose on this planet is, is to, to serve others that's mm -hmm. correct and serve others what, what? <laughs> I'm here to serve me. me. Yeah, and but. so that's always the problem with the the self love generation. You know, um, I want to talk more about it after we take this break. But I just think that it's so important to understand that the core problem of unmanageability is a form of an obsession with self. Your wants, your plans, your desires. And I have a lack of human power. Yep. And I just don't have the power to fix it on my own. I just really don't. Yep. So we need to know the fix. We're going to talk about that as soon as we come right back from this break. You. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Donnie and Heather Mosier. Oh, Triple hey. R. Triple R, R3. Uh, we're talking about unmanageability. We've talked about what it is, how it surfaces internally and externally, the harm that it causes. Um, and I want to, what? Well, I was going to say, and the fact that we focus on it because we're in the 12-step world, but it affects every Everybody. human on the planet. Every human has unmanageability. It's a human problem. In fact, the more delusional someone is, when I get a new girl to take those steps and she's sitting in front of me, I know she's super delusional if she thinks she has no unmanageability. I always find that hilarious when I'm like, okay, what are the unmanageable things They're in your like, life? No, like, I'm no, good. I'm no. I'm, I'm sober, bro. I'm sober. Work out. I'm, you I'm don't sober. understand. I got all this money in the bank. I still got my job. My, I'm still married. I have no unmanageability. I'm, I'm a like, peach. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you just know that that's the lack of their broken perception, right? Like they don't they don't see themselves accurately. And you almost want to be like, all right, so unmanageability one is stupid. <laughs> no, just delusional. You know, and <laughs> that's a nice way to say stupid. Delusional. But I think that I wanted to speak real quick before we because we're going to get into the solution of what the fix is for this stuff. But I wanted to tackle on the self indulgence, self love, self care generation. Is this a monologue? This is going to be a slight monologue. Okay. I know we don't have a lot of time, but here's the thing. I firmly believe, I get really passionate about this, I believe society has lied to us in mass. 
Yeah. And you hear so much the selfishness. The secular world, right? The secular world, yeah. yeah. And so you'll hear things like, you know, just do what your heart wants or do whatever makes you happy or go find you or mm-hmm. uh, I'm all me. I've seen some commercials lately about I get to be me. and My truth. My Let's not forget truth. my There's truth. The truth not or the like, truth or like not yeah. true. It's yeah. yeah. And so. It's so crazy because in our literature, there's a common theme and a topic of love and tolerance of others is our code. And one thing I've noticed as I've been into a lot of meetings is that three-fourths shares in, if that's the topic, some woman will switch the topic to love and tolerance of self, not of others. And then, and it's forgiving just self forgiving and loving self, self and, and amends to self and, and self-love. And what they actually mean is obsession of self yet again. That's right. That's right. Because uh, part of the problem is, is that when I was drinking and not sober, believe me, I'm, Self you're obsessed was with me. number one. I had a girl years ago out in Kerrville that had finished the 12 steps, went to go sponsor her very first girl, and her counselor warned her and says, what are you doing? You're, you don't need to do this yet. You need to focus on you. Yeah. And thank God she already knew that she had focused on herself her whole life, and that was the problem. That was, I mean, here's the, the thing, too. The solution was to go help somebody else. The, the most important literature for you and I, for our lives, is our 12-step book. They call it the big book and the Bible. Yeah. Neither one of them says, I need to love self, yeah. because that's always been the problem. Or make amends to self. Neither one of them say that I need to forgive myself. Or forgive self. And so that's still versions of self-obsession. Yes, it is. And so I'm trying to help the audience see that there's actually a huge difference between what society tells you is self-love, which is really just self-centered indulgence, versus actually valuing yourself because you have an identity in God. And because part of the problem here is that when I'm doing these unmanageabilities, I don't even know who I'm harming. I'm in a, what do you call it? A claustrophobic. I call it a claustrophobic kingdom of one. Uh, we got that out of a book that was really good. Yeah. And it was just like. I was like, oh, that's it. But while I'm doing this stuff, I'm harming the people around me and I don't even realize don't it. Don't even realize it. You're oblivious to it. And so I think that I just want to, I want to explain that bubble baths and massages and retail therapy is self-indulgence. It's counterfeit. It's counterfeit. That's there's for my no, buddy James. I don't know if he really listens to us, but he and I talk no about this all the time. There's no way you're going to actually get real self-esteem or value yourself that if you really valued yourself you would go to bed earlier and get a good night's sleep you get up when your alarm goes off you keep your room and your house clean yeah you would put your dishes you'd show up good for your employer and earn the money they're paying (laughs) you'd be on time and not procrastinate and you know there's but you need god's power you need power so we need to get to a solution you'd reach out to me on instagram and and send money to me Right. That's, and so first, does that follow along? Yeah. So, well, no, well whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You're not even paying attention. I'm saying we got to get to the solution and talk about the fix of what is the solution. So, first of all, I really believe that I needed to smash the delusion that I was doing great at managing these things. Right. I wasn't, yes. and you weren't, and nobody is. <laughs> even right. if it seems on the surface like you are, because you got a lot of money in the bank or you still have a job, you're still obsessed with you and money, not God. You're robbing yourself of a spiritual compass in life. You're robbing yourself of the true meaning of what God could do with you if you put him first, not money first. Well, it's this weird thing that we get into, right? We get into this weird thing that, um, let's take food, right? Because food has been an unmanageable thing my entire life. And I would just spin my wheels and I almost don't even realize I'm doing it. I'm coming up with the next fad diet, the next plan, the next idea where I can apply my lack of human power, but <laughs> where I can apply my human power to this thing. Your and new I fail, coping skill, right? And Your I new fail, and I fail, and I fail, and I just keep failing, and it never clicks to me like, hey, maybe there's a better way to do maybe, this. Maybe you should think about asking God. What? What? Does God care about my diet? Yep. Yeah. 
He sure does. Because God my cares obsession, about every facet of your life. Well, my obsession of diet has gone from the next fad diet to nowadays. It's almost like an obsession on making sure that I stick with what I do and that I've got to eat certain things at certain times. And it just never, I, the, I never fail. The, I am obsessive. The beauty of it is realizing that you're still obsessed with you yeah. around this and that you don't have the power and that the power, you can ask the power. So what I like to say about unmanageability when it comes to solution is that we really have to be specific in what ways very specifically. I can't just be like, you know what, hey God. Just help me eat better, period. You know what, help me clean my house. Right, exactly. So I'll use a dirty house as an example because that was me, right? Yeah. When I'm looking at the fact that. Not now. I want to say to the audience that. Right, right, right. Not now. Help, help, help me. <laughs> She's OCD now. I will help white me. glove the kitchen counter oh, before Lord. I go to bed. Oh, Lord, help uh, me. But listen, maybe that's still unmanageable because I, you know, twitch and have an aneurysm if you leave your keys on the kitchen counter. You made sure to tell me three <laughs> times this morning that I overfilled one of the plants and there was water on the windowsill. Because it seems like you don't notice. Anyways, I'm a little OCD about it. But <laughs> what I'm saying is, let's say, let's. I'm going to pick three specific ways that in the past that I didn't manage cleaning my house well. Okay, okay? go ahead. Um, so for sure, dishes piling up, check. Okay. For sure, laundry not being put away or folded. Okay. Okay, um, and deep cleaning toilets. Okay, so we have a problem with getting dishes, dishes cleaned, laundry, laundry put done, away, and, and toilets cleaned. Right, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be specific, and I'm literally going to go into prayer and meditation every day and ask God specifically for help taking care of these things. Help me keep the dishes clean. Yeah, God, please help me uh, clean the dishes or load the dishwasher every night before I go to bed. Be specific. Yeah. Not just help me blank. Oh, be specific. Okay. All because right. I'm having to ask God to help me do something in a reasonable amount of time. And this is sort of like a double fix because not only are you asking God for the power, you're asking that source of power to help you, but you're also putting it in your brain and thinking yep. about it and you're setting a routine. And you're setting a routine. You're going to pray about it, but then you're also going to ask God to help you take action on it, not just think about it. Like, oh, I wish I would clip my house cleaner. You know? Yeah. It's like, God, help me put the dishes uh, in the dishwasher every night before I go to bed. Not every Everybody out there has a magic hamper like I have. Yeah, and then I well now I didn't used to right. I had the chair in the room with all the clothes piled on it. I want the audience to know. I don't, don't know, know where we bought this hamper, but I have a magic hamper. <laughs> um, so what I do is I come home every day and I take my clothes off and I put them in the hamper, and then every couple of days they just end up folded in my drawer and. I don't know how it happens. And so that was what, so my point is, as I did this unmanageability work via the 12 steps, it, yeah. did, it didn't just remove my heroin and alcoholism, right? It gave me a reliance on God to let God manage all facets of my life. And that's why you have a magic hamper today. And it doesn't change day one. It doesn't change no. day two. It takes literally a couple of weeks, usually. Week Maybe two. two mm -hmm. Of really praying about this and asking specifically and then, and then doing what God puts on your heart. You know what? I used to love your ice cube story and I'm just going to I'm going to summarize it cuz you don't have the ability. Go ahead. You're getting a glass of ice water, piece of ice falls on the floor. My instinct is to kick it under the fridge, but there's that little voice in my chest that says pick, pick it, it up. up. It's the, it, here's it is. It's this simple. That's God. That's God. That's God cuz when I see the dishes in the sink, there's that little voice that goes clean them. Mm -hmm. But I fight myself about it. Cuz you cuz you're self-centered. Everybody is. I don't mean you. But I mean, everybody well, I fights that, right? That's why, you know, when you have that conviction of, oh, I should, shouldn't eat that, that, that's God trying to convict you of a better way. That's right. And you have to, will, if you spend time praying and meditating on asking God specifically 
to help you overcome the specific ways these things are unmanageable for you and you do it every day for two weeks, I promise you, you're going to have forks in the road during the day that you'll have to choose self or choose God. You're going to have to willfully ignore God and his power to stay stuck in self. I'm going to start right now. Lord, please help me overcome Heather's OCD. Is that how that works? No, it's got to be about you. Oh, okay. All right, so we're going to wrap this thing up. We really appreciate everybody listening in about our on our pontification. About, about unmanageability, a.k.a. spiritual sickness, a.k.a. self-obsession. So be specific, ask God, take action. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. And don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, though.